Welcome to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you haven't joined us before, we're passionate about all things internal medicine and helping you become the best tech you can be. We'll be discussing interesting internal medicine diseases, how to work closely with pet parents, and how to become the go-to tech in your practice. Now, let's start the show. Just busy. Yeah. Seriously. You know, always things going on. Life changing. I was going to say life changes, temperature changes. It's like freezing this morning. It's very, very nice here. Like my windows are open. Like, can you, can you see just how like sunny it is? It's hard to see. I do see a lot of light coming through your window. Yes. Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's been gorgeous because it's like 65 to 68 when I wake up and like, I don't really tolerate below 70 well, but like, it's nice hoodie weather. And I know that in an hour or two, it won't be that chilly. Um, It's nice when I open the windows and we get that like little breeze through here. Um, And then it's back up to like eighties, nineties in the afternoon. Yeah, it was like 50 something when I woke up this morning. So it's That's it's up it's up to 60 now. Yeah, I'm I bet you turning my heater on. <laughs> I had to guess. I bet you it's like 70 something right now. Oh, I lied. Uh, it's 80. It's 82. It's 82. You're like, it's 70. <laughs> it's 82 and I still have a hoodie on. Well, you're also in your house, so it's probably not quite 82 in the house yet. So uh, the weather. I love it. I love this weather. As I say, it's fall. So like weird things are happening. I just need it to not get any colder. Like I literally can't do any colder. Like Mm. this is perfect for me. If it was like this, like if our fall was actually like this, I'd be. (laughs) Right. Uh, Weather. Oh my goodness. Uh, And kids. You've got your two-legged kids. I've got my four-legged kids. Yeah, the the kids are learning adult or adults or things um, today. So Connor did the dishes. He he likes to wash the dishes. Like he likes to hand wash them, and I'm like, just rinse them and put them in the dishwasher. Uh, but he likes to like wash them. He takes oh. time, and then he'll dry them, and then he like he doesn't like the fact that we want to use a dish dishwasher. Um, <laughs> That's really funny. Which is fine, but I'm like, I mean, like, you know me, like, I am a control freak. I'm just like, (laughs) I just want to take things away from him and just do it myself. But I'm also trying to, like, let him do chores. like, And and so, like, I did take the stuff away from him, like, a few times. And I was like, just just rinse it like this. And just like, but he just likes to take his time. And, like, I I just need to, I just need to walk away. Like, I just... Mm. And Bailey's learning how to use the washer and dryer, which like, these are things that we have taught our kids, but we've, because of like gymnastics, typically like we're so busy that they don't get to do it. And so when I'm doing it, it's like early in the morning or e- late yeah. in the evening. Um, so now we're trying new things of like the allowance and stuff like that, which like they've always had to like clean their room and clean the bathroom and stuff like that. But now they're getting like real things like doing the laundry and doing the dishes. Wow. Yeah, well, they've been asking for more money lately, so <laughs> that's part of it. <laughs> You're like, you want more money? You got to work for it. <laughs> Pretty uh, so funny. Uh, yeah, my cats—they're—they're they're running around being crazy right now. Um, so I apologize if you hear them romping around in in here. Hopefully not. We'll see. But yeah, other than that, just 
adulting. I can't believe it's like middle of September already. Yeah. So weird. It really is. Like when I look at my calendar and see like how far into the year we already are, I'm just like, oh, right. I know, like I was, right? I was talking to the kids about signing them up for sports and they're like, well, when? And I was like, well, I can't sign you up till like February. And of course, Connor's like, well, when's that? And I was like, it's in 2023. I was like, so it's next year technically. And then he's like, how far away is that? And I was like, that's only like, you know, technically 2023 is only three months away. And then I was like, holy <laughs> crap. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. Mm hmm. Good times. Oh, man. Oh, geez. Yep. We talk about time flying and getting older on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, don't I don't know how I feel about it. I don't have any like recent like escapades that were like super fun or interesting. So mm. I have someone coming to trim the donkey's hooves next week. Oh, wow. That'll be interesting because I don't really know how I'm going to like he doesn't like He's head shy. Um, so trying to get a halter on him is very difficult. Trying to get a lead around his neck is pretty difficult. Like I can do it, but it's difficult. And then trying to get him somewhere is even more difficult. So interesting. Because I need him in like a smaller confined space. Right. Crazy. I know minimal about hoof trimming. So yeah, me too. My husband was like, well, can't you do it? I was like, no i was like i literally learned that in tech school one one day of it in tech school (laughs) we did Uh, not learn about years ago i mean they showed us this is what they do but they like there's no that's a whole the farriers are farriers for a reason like you don't mess with large animals feet (laughs) yeah no we had it we had a day of it but like we all got to try trimming like an area on a hoof like we didn't do the entire process from start to finish right like, you know but we also like i went to school in ohio so it's like yeah it makes yeah, sense for the, lots of farms <laughs> yeah so yeah and then someone my neighbor across the street was talking to me about wanting to get more chickens and i was like yeah i can hatch you some chickens or whatever no big deal she's like well i really really don't want any roosters so like can you sex them for me and i was like mind you this conversation was with matt and matt was like uh you know jordan doesn't really sex them or whatever and like <laughs> i must like just bullshit my way through stuff very well <laughs> because like man their confidence in me being like a farm animal tech <laughs> is like so high seriously i know I my I cousin help- when i went to, to kansas it was the same thing she's like can you help me with my chickens and i was like nope yeah. <laughs> i was like not a thing yeah because the lady even told matt like oh i bet you jordan knows how to sex them and i was like uh <laughs> like so i youtubed it and um that's what i get though because i've i helped heal one of her chickens and i helped the other neighbor lady with one of her goats like i've saved a lot of the farm animals on our street um so now there's this false sense of security with me being here um and being able to heal the the farmies um but no otherwise like i don't know i haven't had too much well i've had a lot going on but nothing entertaining (laughs) so Uh, i mean you don't always have to be entertaining like sometimes it's nice to just do normal stuff not that i really know what that is but yeah, it's just been normal, like, day-to-day, like, get the kids to school, work, yeah. go to gymnastics, come back, like, 
Yeah. I mean, I've done kind of the same thing. It's like work, some of the academy stuff, um, which it's not too bad because it's, you know, we're getting, actually, we're getting close to like new elections and stuff. So that's coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are VTS in the Academy for Internal Medicine for Vet Techs and you want to serve on the board because Jordan and I are both in December we're 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 that's our last month on the board so there's definitely mm-hmm. positions available on the board and it's it's nice I don't know I like when like newer members also get involved like I think mm-hmm. it's a, it's a nice way to figure out what the the academy does too um so if you're interested definitely definitely reach out to either us or some of the other board members for the different positions that are coming up because I don't know, it's, it's also nice to serve on the board because you feel like you're actually doing something for the Academy, which well, I really like our Academy. Yeah. It's, you know, I like being a part of it and I like promoting it and I love our members, like the Academy members, like when we go to conferences, it's always super fun to meet up with everybody that you know, has a VTS, especially in small animal internal medicine, just saying. It's, it's one, of, right. one of the better ones. <laughs> We're a little biased. At. <laughs> yeah. Just got yelled at by some of the other <laughs> specialties in our academy. Um, so that's that's kind of coming up. And then we we recorded some episodes with Liz this week, which is pretty oh cool. Oh my God, so I'm those so are excited. Soon. I'm so excited. Um, I think those are going to be some solid episodes. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, but she also mentioned it the um, the end of this month because we're in September. The end of this month, um, Academy applications are due. So part two of the applications, which is it, which is always an exciting slash nerve wracking time of the year. Um, I definitely, it's funny on Facebook, it popped up with like the last couple of weeks have been memories <laughs> of like when I was you know, getting my application ready. And it was like my checklist of things that I had to do and <laughs> freaking out that I wasn't done with my reports. <laughs> so it was pretty oh, funny. See, by this time I had already submitted. I submitted on September 1st because I was like not wanting to wait until October 1st. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you have to mail yours in or was it all online? Uh, I had to email everything. So I was like, oh, the, you were in, in between. Email. Yeah. I was still in the mailing camp, so I mailed mine. I think my deadline I had set for myself, because it was still like, you know, September 31st was the deadline. I think I set my, like, must be in the mail by September 15th. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, it's got to get out. So, like, by now I'd already submitted, but, you know, the last couple weeks, like, the images of, like, my desk (laughs) and, like, the checklists and everything, so... Yeah. Um, but uh it's all online now. Mm-hmm. Um so please do not wait until September 31st to submit everything. Like that's just wait, there is no September 31st. It's only oh, September September 30th. 30th? Well, yeah. don't wait until the 31st because then you'd be in big trouble. September 30th. Try um, not to you you can submit September 30th at eleven twenty nine or like eleven forty nine PM. I wouldn't you can oh, submit at eleven fifty nine PM. But I would Ooh. not suggest that. No. Ew. What if it doesn't go through? What if it doesn't go through? What if you forget something? What? It, th- just don't do it. Like, don't give yourself ulcers. <laughs> just a couple of days before. <laughs> plan on it. Get it submitted. Because what day is the 30th? 
Ooh, the 30th is, is a, a Friday. Friday. <gasps> so when this goes live next week, Friday is the deadline. So just plan next weekend, like the 24th, 25th, submit your stuff. That's, that's, that's my, <laughs> that's, that's my words tip of, of the wisdom. Week. <laughs> yeah, that's our tip of the week at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> oh my God, it's so true. <laughs> uh, but I don't know, as much as it's scary, it's always an exciting time of the year because I don't know, it's, it's, I love getting new members in our academy because I think we're awesome. We need more BTSs. So that's our academy shout out (laughs) of the week. But um, otherwise, kind of switching gears to like some housekeeping for the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs membership. Remember next month, so October 2022, um, we're going to be talking about continuous glucose monitors, how to use them in your practice. And that is the monthly CE. So if you're a member, it's free. If you're a non-member, you're welcome to come. Um, there is a fee associated with it if you are a non-member. Um, and then just as it, because we have had some people sign up to the membership like day of, if you do that and you want to come to the CE for free, just please send me an email or message me in the membership so that I can upload your information to make sure that you get the free pass to go to the um, CE. Because if you don't let me know, I can't like activate the free code for you. And then you would end up paying and it's a whole thing. But um, so if that happens, just let me know. So I make sure to to get you guys all uploaded. But um, so if you're a member, it's free. If you're a non-member, you're welcome to come in. Um, and you can always find out about that stuff if you join the newsletter um, so just go internal medicine for and you'll see all the information for the membership. That's where you find the info about the podcast. <laughs> it's where you find out about CE. It's a, it's a, it's a hub for a lot of information. So um, definitely check that out. Anything else we need to talk about touch on before we get started? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. So this episode's kind of a fun one. Um, we're going to be talking about a procedure <laughs> today instead of a disease or anything. So this is... Or a bacteria. Yeah, Man, I'm a, out for the bacteria, bacteria in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be talking about um, basically, uh, so bone marrow sampling in veterinary medicine and, and how we do it, why we do it. Um, and so it's, it's going to be, it's going to be kind of interesting. There's a couple of resources that I used. Let me just mention them really quickly. So definitely Eclin path, they have a whole cytology and a bone marrow page. That's really cool. There's, there's a lot of, it talks about like how to do it, why to do it, some of the things to look for. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool. There's also a VIN article that I referenced. I think it was an ACBM proceeding. Um, there's a DVM 360 article that is how, how to collect diagnostic bone marrow samples. And then I got from IDEX, which is funny because it was the IDEX UK site, mm-hmm. <laughs> not the the one in the United States, but it still had some good information. So that's kind of where I got most of this stuff for, for bone marrows. Cause it's, I mean, yes, there is some client education involved with it but it is a diagnostic procedure. So it's, it's a little bit different than 
you know, it's not like a client's going to be involved or doing this. They're, they they give their approval and then we do it. Mm-hmm. Kind of the first thing I'll talk about is the indications for doing a bone marrow sample. So we have two options. Um, we can do a bone marrow biopsy or we could do a bone marrow uh, aspirate. Um, and then a lot of times we do both. So there's just some options. But basically the reason that we're doing this, like the the first reason, the primary reason is if we've got a CBC that's weird. So we've got either low numbers or high numbers, or we see abnormal cells on our CBC. Um, we're going to look at our bone marrow. And if you remember back to what was our hematology basics episode, maybe we mm. talked about the bone marrow. Yeah, we may have talked. Yeah, we probably talked about it too a little bit in our IMPA. I mean, not IMPA. I'm sorry. Um, in our IMHA. Yeah. Yeah. So we we I'm sure we touched on it. So the hematology, the basics, when we talk about bone marrow, the IMHA, ITP, we definitely would have talked about bone marrow. So just as a reminder, <laughs> our bone marrow is one of the biggest organs in the body that produces our red blood cells and white blood cells. Um, so our blood cells, basically. Um, <laughs> and Because technically they produce platelets, too. That is true. Yeah. Platelets as well. And platelets so, aren't a full cell. Sorry. I know. Well, they start off as a full cell. Whoa. platelets themselves aren't full cells that's true that's true that's true because that's digress. a mega karyocyte <laughs> it's a fragment of a mega karyocyte <laughs> so basically when the so when we're doing a bone marrow sample right so we have an abnormal cbc and we and obviously not for every abnormal cbc this is the ones where We've excluded um, causes that that have nothing to do with bone marrow. So uh, I'm trying to think of like a renal anemia, right? We're not going to do a bone marrow sample. Like mm-hmm. we, we get like they have kidney disease. This is why. Or, you know, they're, they're bleeding. <laughs> That's why they're yeah. anemic. <laughs> so, so, you know, once we've kind of excluded all those kinds of things. So this is like, we've got non-regenerative anemia. We've got neutropenia, thrombocytopenia. I feel like the non-regenerative anemia, like specifically is like our main reason why. Like regenerative. That's a big one. A lot of anemias are regenerative. But then when we get that non-regenerative, we got to find out why it's not regenerating. Yeah. Well, and why is that a big indicator? Are we going to talk about it or do you want me to answer it now? <laughs> answer it now I don't think we talked about it. We talked about yeah. it, I think, in the hematology series. But Well, because te- like when we have anemia, right, like our bone marrow is supposed to be stimulated to produce more red blood, like to catch that flaw yeah. in the body, in the homeostasis of the body. Yep. And so it's supposed to trigger the bone marrow to be like, oh, crap. We don't have enough red blood cells. Let me make some more. And so when we get that non-regenerative anemia, something isn't triggering bone marrow to be like, hey, we need more red blood cells or the bone marrow is not responding. Yeah. The fact that somehow that feedback loop is broken. Yeah. So it leads to investigating. Yep. And so one of the reasons we biopsy is to see like, is it a bone marrow problem or is it, you know, 
outside of the bone marrow. So yeah, non-regenerative, that's like a, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, the other reasons is like immature blast cells or mature cells with atypical morphology. So this, like, especially cancers, I feel like we're, we're, we're looking at bone marrows. Um, like when we see like systemic lymphoma. Yeah. And I, and honestly, that just because we see those, like, I think in practice, you know, we don't always do the bone marrow sampling Mm-mm. for the cases that indicate it just because it is another procedure and, mm-hmm. and sometimes we just treat, right. But it is considered a gold standard for, for understanding, like, especially like IMHA, ITP, mm-hmm. um, leukemia, those mm-hmm. kind of, those kind of guys. Right. So sometimes what we'll see, like, as far as like clinical signs, right. Maybe on a physical exam, we have an FUO. We don't really, we can't figure out why they have a fever. Maybe on x-rays, we notice a little change to the bony structure. So some lysis going on to those bony structures. Um, or, you know, we're looking at serum chemistries and we notice that they have low pro or high proteins, high calcium, you know, those could be reasons to look at the bone marrow too. We could find some organisms in the bone marrow um, that can lead to fever and high globulins. So leishmania, um, cytoxoin, and histoplasma are kind of the big ones that they think of with with fever and high globulins. Um, Obviously, cancer, so plasma cell myeloma, that's one of them. Sometimes we'll stage um, different... Uh, malignancy so lymphoma mast cell tumors you know look and see did, are is it in the bone marrow like or you know how 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 high of a stage are we talking about yeah um, like if the body's producing the cancer versus is the cancer forming within the body <laughs> yeah yeah um the other thing too is to look at iron stores so if you've got like an anemia you know is it a uh, iron deficiency anemia like okay so does that mean that the, the bone marrow doesn't have enough iron or what so we can look at that too so there are some contraindications for bone marrow aspirates or biopsies um but interestingly enough like low platelets is not considered a contraindication which every time that i see that it still kind of blows my mind <laughs> Mm-hmm. so we are still making a small incision in the body yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, um, at least it is a sub q not a super bleedy area typically. well and it's a small incision in a mm-hmm. small biopsy <laughs> um and the bone itself is not super vascular yeah so you know it's it's still freaky <laughs> it, it really is <laughs> Um, and then if you do have something that like has low, um, or some other bleeding disorders, um, you want to be really careful to minimize the amount of trauma that you're doing. Cause, um, I don't know if you've ever been involved with a bone marrow biopsy. It's, it's a lot of brute strength. <laughs> it's controlled brute strength is kind of how I think of it, mm-hmm. um, to make sure you stay on the bone where you are and not slip off and cause trauma. Gross. creeps me out sometimes i know i don't like bones i i think bone marrow biopsies are super interesting but they also kind of freak me out a little bit because i've definitely seen 
people slip a little bit, like not crazy slip, but a little that you're just like, oh God. Severe bleeding disorders are more of a concern. So like prolonged coag times, Mm -hmm. uh, just because, you know, you're going to have to hold pressure to the area and it can, um, if, if you're doing an aspirate, you should probably wait until the coagulopathy is controlled. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you've got to give some vitamin K or something like that, then, you know, wait for that. But low platelets specifically is not necessarily a contraindication. Well, well, because when we think of it too, right, platelets are just the first stage of coagulation. They're just the, like a brief bandaid. They they don't even technically, like they don't, their job isn't very long. And so like the fact that there's other coagulation routes that can help to reduce bleeding in these instances it is safer versus going the other way platelets platelets can only do so much to control bleeding (laughs) that we like when we have a coagulopathy we really don't want to risk it yeah um the other thing just to kind of keep in the back of your head (laughs) we've talked about bleeding stuff is bone fracture (laughs) um It Especially is, in cats. <laughs> uh, it is typically considered low, <laughs> but a fracture may occur if the biopsy needle is inappropriate for the patient's size or if cortical integrity is compromised by disease. Like, woo! <laughs> so basically, oh, God. You know, this is like one of those, like, if, especially if you're you're worried about bone cancer and you're mm-hmm. biopsying it. Oh. yeah if you're biopsying a lytic lesion like Ugh. fracture should be at the top of the risk list yeah be very like. very careful with those yeah um the other the other thing is you know as far as like your bone marrow <clears throat> it is uncommon to get an infection from doing a bone marrow aspirate or biopsy but it's just something to kind of we do still we do still shave the area surgical prep the area but like the the risk of it it's not considered a sterile procedure well that's not true uh because we do still take caution the doctor still wears sterile gloves like and the way we handle like the needles and the instruments is with sterility but like the incision itself doesn't get closed like the small incision that we do um and we put an ice pack on it directly after the procedure itself. So like when it comes to the aftercare of it, like we're trying not to introduce bacteria into the body via our equipment and doing the procedure, but afterwards, like the risk of infection is low. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a small, it's a, it is a small incision and we'll, we'll talk about that too. The other reason that is, I mean, it's kind of rolled into the indications, but, um, I forgot about this. So Eclimpath, they talk about their indications for bone marrow um, sampling. And one thing, um, I kind of forgot to mention is when we're talking about some of these abnormalities, they're unexplained, they're persistent, (laughs) And that's why we're doing it. It's not like you get one sample and that's it. Like Mm -hmm. it's repeatable. Um, The other thing is like a pancytopenia. So we've got anemia, non-regenerative neutropenia, thrombocytopenia. Like if we're seeing multiple cells um, in the cell line that are an issue, that's, that's, that's another reason to do it. So the next part of that is, is kind of like, where do we do bone marrow collection so in dogs some of the kind of 
favored sites is going to be proximal humerus, proximal femur, the iliac crest, or even the sternum. So manubrium in large dogs, which I haven't actually done the sternum. Um, I know one of my, one of my friends, she's a vet. She's actually used the sternum. I don't know, Jordan, have you, have you used the sternum for any bone marrow collection? Ew, no, <laughs> no, ew, no. Yeah. I, yeah. I've, I've never done it, but like I said, my friend, um, she uses it and she says it's actually, they tolerate it really well. Um, it is large dogs, so it's not like little dogs, but, um, it's good for like aspirates. And I was like, yeah. okay. <laughs> so anyways, that's an option, which is crazy. Uh, I mean, that's cool, but I don't know. I don't do bones. So like when we start even throwing in the other bones that I'm like, like on top of what I'm already somewhat comfortable with, like it just, uh, it just makes me, I bones make me uncomfortable. They make you squidgy. They do. Mm. um so for cats we usually do proximal humerus proximal femur i don't think we go anywhere else no No. we don't do as many cats as we do dogs no definitely not i think i've done uh maybe a handful of cats yeah i'll say i've maybe done two yeah i was gonna say two to five somewhere in there Mm mm-hmm they're sketched um, too because like they're smaller the bones are smaller the bones are easier to break yeah, <laughs> like, you're like all right everybody yeah um but tight but not too tight <laughs> right and we'll, we'll talk about how, I was how just, to do it in a few i was like speaking of holding on tight that's not how we do bone marrows <laughs> i mean we do hold tight but that's not the only yeah so for the procedure it is definitely either general anesthesia or sedation with a local anesthetic um i think it i think it depends on like your asa status on your patient i mean this is this is really good sedation (laughs) this isn't like i don't know like i think of like a touch of torb like no 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 no. these guys like it's owie right like yeah it is definitely painful like there are definitely more painful procedures but you're you're making a hole into a bone so they need drain they need pain pain meds and it's not even like just the pressure of pushing to get that needle into the bone like it's uh i don't know these guys need to hold still too right like because we do run the risk of fracturing bones and things like that or missing and then having to poke like these guys need to be held still um a lot of times what we would do is like um a really slow like propofol CRI kind of thing. Mm, yeah. Um, so that way they could wake up quickly. So you're doing uh, like IV CRI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like and because, an option. Because like we could draw up the high end of the normal range, right? And like we mm-hmm. would just push enough so where they're like they can still be coherent, but they're not moving. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. I mean he's just slightly snoozing. <sighs> Because it's a quick procedure too, right? Like they don't. It should be. (laughs) It should be a quick procedure. Yeah. I I was going to say, I think it depends on the doctor, like how confident they feel with it. Yeah. Because we definitely had some doctors that were fine with just like a quick push of anesthesia. And then we had our other doctors that were like, no, I I prefer general anesthesia because I know I'm going to take a little bit longer. I'm just not as super confident. Because the thing is like, they really can't move because 
first you could fracture but there's also the whole like slippage off and then Mm -hmm. you've got a biopsy a giant biopsy needle that then goes in places you don't want it to go Mm -hmm. like muscle and sub q and all that but like the prep of it these guys typically are like pretty good patients so and like they tolerate the shaving and the cleaning so then you can yeah uh, yeah that's true i did work for one vet who did prefer like intubation and general anesthesia but yeah my other vet was really quick that like by the time the propofol wore off like we were clearly done and like already icing the area and stuff like that but we were really good about making sure we had everything we needed so we could move fast (laughs) yeah yeah um and as far as like the equipment goes um this is one of those where you don't have to do it in your anesthetic like surgery suite usually we just do it in our like internal medicine procedure room so you know not in the middle of treatment but (laughs) out of the way so if that's your surgery room then that's what you're using but for internal medicine, we usually like have our procedure room that is kind of mm-hmm. a little bit out of the way. Um, typically, there's the jam sheety um, biopsy needle. Um, and, and it kind of depends on doctor preference, like which ones they learned on. Mm-hmm. But jam sheety, I think, is like the one that I've used the most. Um, and they have they have different sizes i think we use 16s and 18s no maybe it's 16 and 14s let me look and see because there's a couple of so i'm gonna look at the 360 article because the 360 article it depends so there's a rosenthal needle Mm -hmm. or an illinois sternal iliac aspiration needle um, and jam sheet or jam sheety biopsy needle so i think mm-hmm. the other two are just for aspirates versus jam sheeties like the the biopsy needle they're definitely sterile there's typically anywhere from a 15 gauge mm-hmm. which 15 16 is kind of like our our standard dog one and then the 18 is typically for cats and small dogs and then the the length of the needle itself ranges anywhere from one to like one and a half ish for you do like one inch needles for like our small guys and then one and a half for the large breeds i do find it ironic that it like when we say like we're taking a bone marrow aspirate like right or like a bone marrow biopsy like technically the real term should be aspirate right like it's a bone marrow aspirate because like a biopsy to me is like a chunk of tissue which it is Yes. Like it's both, right? Like it's both. We are doing both because the biopsy is going to be the core sample. Yeah. Yeah. So we get the core sample, but then we do the aspirate. Like it just, yeah, it's just funny terminology to me. like the bone marrow biopsy. So the nice thing, so I, I don't know if you guys have ever watched and this is very limited idea, but I don't know if you guys have ever watched those guys like out in the Antarctic and they have that hollow tube that like they yeah. stick into the snowpack. Yes. And then and they like pull it out and they look at the layers of the snowpack to see like different things. Like that's to me what like the core biopsy is. Yes. Right. So you get this nice cylindrical biopsy of the bone marrow. Um, so it goes all the way through the bone into the bone marrow. They have this like little metal stick that goes through the center of it. I don't know what they call it. Stylet. Is it, a, is it the stylet? Yeah. It's the stylet. Whatever. It's a stick. 
and that goes through the center of the the needle and then the like little core sample like goes into formalin um so that's usually you know that's the biopsy but that's like the quickest part of the procedure like it's yeah. like getting the aspirates that takes like so when i think of a bone marrow biopsy i'm thinking of the process of getting the aspirates yeah because like we get the bone marrow just getting into the bone marrow. Like yeah. we don't like that not... <laughs> that's the easy part. Like, yeah. Wow. Well, wow. Well. It's easy in the sense that that's it's easy like for a... the technicians. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like we don't have to yeah. do anything. There's no prep. It's, it's part of like obtaining a biopsy is part of getting to the part we need to do to get the aspirate and the aspirate's yeah. the real like procedural part of it. I feel like yeah so because there's steps to it like there's yes yep we have our bone marrow biopsy the other thing that we need is so we do have a, a formalin jar for the biopsy for the biopsy mm-hmm. then the aspirate part so this is a couple of things so um you want something potentially to culture it so we usually use like the little culturettes mm-hmm. um you'll want microscope slides a bunch we of typically them. have like <laughs> a long row of them mm-hmm. <laughs> you can, do want to have so i don't know about you but we did in our syringe for the aspirates we would put our edt solution it's yep. a diluted edta edta solution mm-hmm. and that we put into our it's usually a 10 milliliter syringe is usually mm-hmm. what we're aspirating into so we're doing a small amount of the the edta in there and then we have our syringe. We um, sometimes put tubes. it into tubes. Yeah. yeah. As I say, we usually have the white top tubes with like no additives. Yep. That's what we do too. And an EDTA tube. Mm-hmm. That sound right to you? Okay. Yep. Anything else? To, I mean, then, there's like the surgical prep stuff. But... Yeah. I was going to say we do. So we have initially the way we start is we do like yeah we shave (laughs) we prep the area and then we have our i'm trying to imagine my little kit so we have our our bone marrow needles um Mm -hmm. we have a couple varieties just in case if one like gets dull or something right um or like doesn't seem to work once we get there and then we have our edta solution we have multiple syringes a billion slides we have our purple top tube our white top tube and our culturette and then we have off to the side a nice soft rag with an ice pack for after and a bunch of flush for the IV catheter. Yeah. Yeah. We use, I think we use skin glue to yeah. close the incision afterwards. Yes. That's yeah. the, the, you know, it's, you don't have to do um, sutures, but you can do skin glue. Mm-hmm. So basically, what we do so sterile prep. This is again after they're anesthetized. Steroplet. And then our biopsy needle is introduced into the bone. And what they're doing is they're holding the bone with one hand. So whichever one's their non dominant. And then they're rotating that needle um, until it's seated into the bone. So they're kind of like making like a little indenture. And then with increased pressure, <laughs> They continue rotating and they're basically just like rotating into the bone to get that biopsy. Mm-hmm. Then we. Then we, what? We remove the stylet, right? So there's the cap on the end, then the stylet. Mm-hmm. 
And the stylet. So then do you usually, so this is interesting because they're saying to do the aspirate first. Yeah. We always do the aspirate first because we don't remove the bone marrow needle to get the biopsy, like the chunk of biopsy tissue. Cause to get in the same hole is near impossible. Yeah. Interesting. I'm trying to think like, I think I've seen it done both ways, which is weird. Yeah. Or if it's just like how people are trained. I bet it is. Cause I've definitely seen it where they get the biopsy first and then go for the aspirate. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So anyway, that's why to me, the, the biopsy itself isn't, it's not like a huge deal. It ends up like in the syringe. And so it's just like, (laughs) Oh, interesting i've never had it go into the actual syringe right like when you aspirate afterwards like once you get the marrow needle in you remove the little cap with the stylet you put the syringe on and then you do your aspirate right so you're kind of sucking on the plunger several times to kind of um i don't i don't know like you're trying to aspirate basically the the fluid from inside of the bone so mm-hmm. and it's blood i mean it is blood right so um, yeah it's like a dilute blood though <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then they also has a little chunky bone uh, small bone marrow part- particles known as bone marrow spicules mm-hmm. it's like oh i never i just called it chunky stuff yeah, yeah it's so like the it grittiness have... on the slides <laughs> yep um then we will give the so the fluid like sometimes we put it into a purple top tube and then we put some on our on our slides so that you know we we see and then somebody has to spread it and you want to spread it fairly quickly so that it doesn't clot right away (laughs) um so you try to do that you kind of do the spreader um slides and then you just air dry it maybe that'll be my tip of the week actually i'll wait Okay. All right. <laughs> and you want to do as many slides as possible just to make sure like if there's extra stains, cause I don't know. I feel like every time they're like, we recommend doing this stain and this stain and you're just like, ah, you know, just have extra slides. And sometimes I just hold them back. So. Oh yeah. We, because we do so many, we at least keep one slide container back just in yeah. case. Yeah. And then let's see. And then the biopsy or the biopsy itself so if, if you're lucky and <laughs> the biopsy gets sucked into your syringe, mm-hmm. you're done. Um, if not, then you kind of do the same idea and you you do the biopsy through. You, if they can find the same hole. Well, actually, you can't with the same hole for a biopsy. You'd have to. No, do you would have hole. to do. Yeah. Well, and like if you it depends, right? Like if you're doing the biopsy first, right, then you can remove the needle biopsy needle needle and then take your sample out of that and then try to put the needle back in the same hole to get the aspirate but it's if you're doing the aspirate first you you can't go in the same hole to get a biopsy yeah Yeah, exactly so basically like what you would do is like if you're doing the biopsy again you seed it into the bone they do pressure get in there you do want to remove the stylet before you go all the way through the bone so remove the stylet put the cap back on advance your biopsy needle into hopefully the core and then once you're there kind of you wiggle your needle out and then you use the stylet 
the stylet to push the the sample out of your needle. Trying to think of anything else with that. That's pretty much it. The big thing is like it's like setting up and getting everything and making sure you have the appropriate equipment. Uh, making sure you know you've got some pain meds on board for both the day of, and then we usually do like. I don't know. We usually do like at least two or three days worth of pain meds just in case. Cause they're going to be, yeah, we do too. they're going to be sore from. Yeah. We, we tell clients to like monitor for limping, swelling, like those are yeah. somewhat to be expected, but really not commonly seen. <laughs> like it's, yeah. It's, it's amazing how much they just like pop up and they're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and having talked to people who've done the bone marrow biopsies, sometimes it barely hurts. And then the other times it's really painful. So it just kind of, we don't know why the difference, but some, sometimes it's totally fine. It's hard because for this one, I mean, it definitely helps to be able to see it. So there's, there's some good images and some stuff from Eklund path. And then the DVM 360 is really good too. They have some good pictures of both like where on the biopsies and, and how to do the, the spreading and stuff like that. So basically, yeah, don't even don't even ask me what like the slides look like, like what you're looking for in the slides. <laughs> I cannot tell you. I even tried to like ask my doctor, and he's kind of like the same way. He's like, "Yeah, I have no idea." I was like, "I don't, I don't know what I'm looking for." I was like, "Because no, we'll look I mean, at them before we send them." But I'm just yeah. like, "You because you want to make sure it's like a good quality sample." Mm-hmm. So yeah, sometimes sometimes you'll get a non non diagnostic sample, which. That sucks because usually what that means is, um, you know, we it's in an inadequate technique. So improper seating of the needle down into the bone marrow cavity. So we don't actually get the, the blood from the bone marrow. Excessive aspiration that results in hemodilution, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, I don't know how to I don't know how to like balance that. You want enough aspiration, but not too much. Well, it's like when we draw blood, right? Like we don't want too much pressure on the cells. Yeah. Um, or sample clotting. Like that's that's the other yeah. big thing that that'll kind of be a bummer. The cool thing, so the nice thing about like the bone marrow biopsy, um, this will let you know like at what level is the problem. So like when we talked about IMHA. You know, we've, we've, we talked about the precursor cells. So, you know, is it the mature cells that are being attacked or are we talking about like the attacks happening at the level of the bone marrow and the precursors? So like there are the young cells that are being wiped out versus the older one. You know, do we have, do we have enough iron stores in our bone marrow to produce the, the blood cells? If we've got a patient that you know, we're concerned about either a relapse of IMHA or, you know, is this bone marrow suppression due to medication? We would do a bone marrow biopsy aspirate to see, you know, is this the disease coming back or is it because of drugs? And they can see that on the bone marrow. And so Mm -hmm. that'll, you know, help rule out one way or another. Like, do we need to increase our drugs or do we need to back off on our drugs or try a different drug? The other thing, so they'll see, you know, potentially, you know, infectious agents in there, they can stain for different cancers. There's, there's just a ton, ton of information that can come from, from biopsies and aspirates. So mm-hmm. 
It's a fairly easy, quick procedure. Um, it's, it scares a lot of clients, I think, um, especially because too, right. These pets are typically pretty sick too. So it's like when we have to tell them that we want to do like anesthesia or something, they're like, yeah. clients will kind of freak out. So I do think kind of client communication, just informing people that it is a nice, quick procedure. While it can be painful, a lot of pets do tolerate it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can really provide a lot of answers, especially in those non-regenerative anemia cases. And then even the aftercare is very, very easy. You want to monitor for limping, bruising, swelling. Yeah. Um, and and in theory, this could be an outpatient procedure. Like this doesn't, the underlying disease is usually going to cause the hospitalization. A bone marrow biopsy. Yeah. That's, that's outpatient. Like they don't. They don't have to be hospitalized. For no, it. no, no. Because like if they are limping at all, it's usually for the first couple hours after the procedure and then it resolves. Um, yeah. But that's if they're even limping at all. I, I'm not, I can't even remember any cases that we've done where like there were like, there was like a significant limp. <laughs> like No, we, we, we didn't. I mean, usually if significant limp, that's, ugh, I haven't, heard, I haven't had it happen, but you know, that's a broken bone or mm-hmm. you've massively slipped off of the bone and use that biopsy needle and stabbed them in the muscle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's where those issues come from. But like a standard procedure, you're, you're not going to, you're really yeah. going to have that. So there really is minimal risk, but there, but there's still, we've talked about it, the complications and risks of it. So. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, I think for the tip of the week, one trick that we did when doing bone marrow aspirate specifically is we would have our slides like tilted, like a, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily like a 45 degree angle, was um, like 35, 40. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was close. Um, and we would let the sample like run down the slide a little bit and then we would smear them. Mm. And this was a two person job, right? So oh, the yeah. doctor, <laughs> the tech sets up the slides, right? The doctor puts the drops on. It's the tip of the week putting drops behind it each like as he's moving forward i was then grabbing the slider and like spreading um as quickly as possible before it clotted um so yeah my tip of the week is uh tilting the slides like we would stack up books because usually the trays that we would use weren't tall enough like the the sides weren't tall enough so we would stack books next to the slide so we could have a greater angle um, we use mayo stands yeah, but like even the walls of the, the mayo stands, like the edges weren't tall enough that we would oh. put something, we would do it on a table and then we'd put like a book so we could have just a greater angle. Mm. Yeah, we did the mayo stand and it seemed to work out okay. Yeah. Well, you know, internists, they have particular yeah. <laughs> particular things. Oh my God, that's so true. Because the yeah. very first bone marrow I ever did, I grabbed a mayo stand in because he was like, yeah, let's just have it angled. And I was like, okay, cool. I was like, this is angled. And like, he was like, it's not tall enough. I was like, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to know if any human has had a bone marrow biopsy. So please don't answer <laughs> that. Uh, right. I want to know whatever, since we gave a little spoiler that Liz is coming on the show and we've recorded <laughs> an episode, but we didn't say what the episode was about. What do you think we're talking about? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> With Liz. She's got so many little facets to her hat. <laughs> That's what I mean. And now for the question of the week. 
her with her VTS and ECC and small animal internal medicine mm-hmm. and she's non-be and she's got some other stuff. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things there. There's a lot of potentials. Yeah. We yeah. should do a poll. <laughs> what do oh you think was not, <laughs> we must have talked about? <laughs> what do you think we talked to her about? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Did we talk about mental health? Did we talk about tech utilization? Did we talk about, I don't know. what did we talk about? guys what what did we talk about yeah oh that's funny liz you can't answer i know don't answer (laughs) (laughs) i'm so excited though too i told so many of my team members like i was like i'm sending everybody this episode (laughs) i know it was was really cool like anyways (laughs) i think not next week but the week after i think is the yes is when um the episode will drop so It's not not too long of a wait, guys. We're good. Um, yeah. yeah, but that's it. That's all I got for the week. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. I'm going to go enjoy this nice weather, and by enjoy this nice weather, I mean clean my house, but have the windows open. There you um, go. <laughs> so I hope everybody has a great week, and we'll chat with you guys next week. Bye, Bye. everybody. Bye. Yes, is when um, the episode will drop. So it's not not too long of a wait, guys. We're good. Um, But that's it. That's all I got for the week. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm going to go enjoy this nice weather. And by enjoy this nice weather, I mean clean my house. But have the windows open. There you Um, go. (laughs) So I hope everybody has a great week. And we'll chat with you guys next week. Bye, Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to share with someone you think might enjoy the podcast and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to give us a boost? Please leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and we'll be sure to say thank you. Find out everything about us at internalmedicineforvettechs.com. Talk to you next week. Bye.